You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Here will mark 17 years. We opened five days after 9-11 hit our church. We're celebrating 17 years of unity, the power of unity. On September 11th, amen, 2001, it started out like any other day. People got up, got ready for the day. Kids were going to school. Adults were going to work. As New York was up and going, amen, we here on the West Coast were getting ready to start our day as well, our school day, our work. Then at 8.46 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, American Flight 11, which had been hijacked, crashed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center, which caused a shock to the city of New York. The events that follow were like watching a movie from Hollywood when Flight 175 hijacked as well, hit the South Tower of the World Trade Center at 9.03 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right after that, Flight 77 hijacked to uh, crash into the Pentagon at 9.38 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, in which that was reported that America was under terrorist attack. And while Flight 93 was interrupted by passengers that was headed for Washington, D.C., crashed in Pennsylvania in the fields of Shanksville at 9.59 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapses causing the streets of New York into panic, which caused our nation and world to panic as well. At 10.28 Eastern Standard Time, the North Tower of the World Trade Center collapses. It has been reported that 17,400 people were at the World Trade Center when the first plane hit. Just under 3,000 people lost their lives that day, 6,000 injured, 2,606 or 2,606 people at the World Trade Center. Flight 11 lost 87 lives. Flight 175 lost 60. Flight 77 lost 59. Flight 93 lost 40. 19 of them were hijackers. Of the 2,000 606 that lost their lives at the World Trade Center, 200 of them fell or jumped. 411 were emergency workers, which include the NYPD, the NYFD, and other emergency teams. Out of the 3,000 lives lost that day, 1,000 of the remains were never found. A week after the attack, another 6,000 died bringing the total to just under 
9,000 lives died in result of those attacks. Still over 2,500 people are affected because of their health, what happened that day because of the dust and the debris that were in the air. Though there have been some conspiracies, amen, of what happened that day, the fact remains that 9,000 people lost their lives and many families are still affected today from the effect of that day of 9-11. So we honor those who lost their lives, those who gave their lives in rescuing people and those doing their job. So today we remember and honor the lives of 9-11. So why don't we all stand up for a moment. You know, next month we're going to be doing this for our our victims at what happened here in Las Vegas. But today we want to honor those lives of 9-11. They're not forgotten. It's not something that we can say it's gone. It's something that we remember. And so today if we can just ask everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes for a moment of silence, please. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and grab a seat today. Amen. Thank you. Today I want to talk a little bit about the unity that happened that day at 9-11 and how the city of New York came together so quickly. They worked in unity and the results was teamwork saves lives. Come on, somebody. Come on, we as a church can learn from what took place in New York on 9-11. And because in Christianity, what you and I are involved today, man, is about working together to what? Save lives. Come on, we are here to save lives. We're here to go. The Bible says uh, that Jesus told his disciples when he, before he ascended back, that you know what? Go and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, we, we are to make Disciples, that's what we do is we work together. How many know that we got to work together? And when we do, lives get saved. The people of New York were putting and thinking of others, amen, uh, rather than just saving themselves, amen. Uh, just like we saw in our city in the night of October 1st of 2017. And I believe that the spirit of the Holy Ghost, amen, uh, was loose that day in the lives of these people, amen, because they acted, amen, like people of faith. Come on, somebody. They were putting uh, others before themselves, amen. They were acting like the good Samaritan, amen, showing compassion, amen, showing love and faith, amen. Uh, I don't know about you, church, uh, but that's Christianity. Come on, somebody give the Lord some praise. So many miracles took place in the midst of disaster. See, God always makes and works things good for those, together for the things, uh, for the good of the people. Amen, amen. He turns what is intended for evil to good. People may say, where was God in 9-11, amen. I say that God was right there, amen. He was in the lives of people helping other people in the midst of disaster. My God was there. There was a report about two guys working like two angels. They were working one of the towers. 
And the story goes on, amen, that they were not working their way down. They were working their way up. Floor by floor, amen, uh, looking for survivors, amen, showing uh, them the way out when they found them, amen, uh, not thinking of themselves but thinking of others. And at one time, maybe, maybe, maybe thinking, you know what, it should be time that we should head our way down, amen. But all of a sudden, they heard another voice on the top floor. And they decided to go for that one. But they never came back down. Where was God? In the midst of these two men. What about Flight 93 that never hit its target? Hearing through the conversations of the loved ones, amen, uh, that you know what, on, on the phone, on that plane, that America was under attack. These, that the planes that were hijacking were crashing into key places, amen, uh, and made a decision, you know what, we're going to make a difference. Not thinking of themselves, but thinking of others, and they fought back. As a husband was saying bye, I love you to his wife for the last time. Heard her husband say the famous words that became a book. Let's roll. That's right. As a group of people uh, of Flight 93 fought against these terrorists, they caused them to crash the plane into an empty field in Pennsylvania. Their teamwork and unity saved lives. Where was God? Right there. What about the two port police officers? They were found alive 30 feet under ground zero. John McLaughlin and his team were reported to the World Trade Center to help as a rescue team. And then right in the middle of the two towers, it says it sounded like a, like a loud car bombing. And the South Tower came down and buried them alive. John and Will, uh, Jeremero, amen, uh, were trapped under heavy debris around them. They were 20 feet from each other. Dominic. Palazzo managed to free himself from the debris while the others of the team died instantly from the collapse. But instead of getting out to safety and saving himself, Dominic put his two friends before him. He went down to try to save them. And then at that time, the second tower fell. And the debris of that tower killed him. John and Will lay there, 20 feet from each other, guys, not able to see each other, each other, and they began to talk to each other. They joked. They laughed. They talked about their families. They cried and even feared of dying. Then a man by the name of Dave Cranes, an ex-Marine and a devout Christian who was not even near the World Trade Center, but he was in Connecticut at that time. He saw when the second tower had been hit, he said to himself, and he said to his co-workers, we're at war. So he told his boss, amen, I have to leave because I feel it's my duty to help. He drove to a barber shop and asked the barber to give him a marine cut. Then he went to his house and put on his uniform, which he had hanging in the closet press and starch, thinking one day this is going to come in handy. And he got into his car and drove to New York's World Trade Center. And because he was in uniform, he was able to pass by and zip by the checkpoints. Eventually, he gets to ground zero around 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then he got to there and he started to search for people, amen. At that time, Building 7 of the World Trade Center collapsed. Rescue workers were ordered to leave, saying it's unsafe. we got to get out of here. 
And he was there, was searching, amen. He told him, you know, well, you need to leave. And this Marine said, you know what? He told him, I can't. This is a God thing. And as he was searching him, and he runs into another Marine, Sergeant Thomas. And they start searching and searching through this pile of debris and shouting out, can anyone hear us? Can anyone hear us tap on something? Amen. If we can hear you. They kept on doing this for about an hour. Then Sergeant Thomas says, I, I think I hear something. And he yelled again, we can hear you. And then we heard just a muffled sound. Yell a little bit louder. We, we can hear you. And then they heard the voice, we're over here. Then they finally heard where the voices were coming from, but they could not see them. It was John and Will, the two officers, port officers. They were buried alive. Not able to get to them, Char Sergeant Thomas went for help, and Will pleaded, don't leave us. Fear that they would hear their voices just trail away and then leave them. But the Marine, David Crane, stood there talking to them until help arrived. Will was rescued that night. John was rescued the next day. Will was buried for 10 hours. John was buried for 21 hours. These two ex-Marines put others in front of them and worked in unity and saved two lives. And you know what the trip is about all this? They never got the first name of Sergeant Thomas, and he was never seen again. Where was God? He was right there in the midst. Come on, somebody. Working in unity, church, saves lives. Come on, we are all striving to get to the same place, right? Come on, we're trying to, we're trying to make heaven, amen. That, that's what we're all striving for, amen. Uh, we're not here, amen, uh, to, to push people down, amen. We're not here to say, you know what, I'm trying to get in myself. All of us are striving for that. But why is it in the church today that Christians are knocking down each other? Come on, instead of picking up our brother, encouraging our sister, we simply walk by them. We need Christians today that will get back to those, amen, that are buried alive in their sin. In Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37, it says this, On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you have answered it correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you'll live. He wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jer Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. He was, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite came to him into that same place, saw him, and passed by to the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, him and came where the man was. And, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And he put his man, this man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he, he took two delirious and gave it to the innkeeper. 
Look after him, he said, and he says, when I return, I will reimburse any extra charges of expense that he may have. Which of these, do you, these three do you think the neighbor was to the man who fell to the hands of this robber? And the expert of the law says, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. See, the, the story of the, the good Samaritan, instead of walking by the wounded sinner, Instead of walking by the wounded Christian, he lent a helping hand and put others in front of him. See, the things that we do for God, church, the things that we do in the church, amen, the things that we do for each other, amen, it's not just because we have to. Come on, it's not just because it's our duty or our job, amen. The things that we do, amen, is because of the love for people, church. This is what we do. We love people and we help each other, amen. It's not simply doing it because I have to. How many know that you can do things and not love? Come on. What a pro- you know, he says, man, if, if I can do all this stuff and not, and not love, you're nothing. If I can lay hands on the sick and not love, amen, you're, you're nothing. Everything that we do, church, as a church, has to be in love because it was love that came to rescue us. It was his love for you and I, amen, that hung on that cross, died for us, amen. His love kept on on that cross. And we as Christians have to do the very same thing, amen, of showing love, the agape love of God to those, amen, and rescue them and help them. Can somebody say amen? See, love mixed with unity Makes us grow stronger. How many want to be stronger? Come on. It says, you know what, two or three are gathered, amen. He's in the midst, amen. Two are better than one, but three, even more better. Hallelujah. Come on, we get a whole church together, guess what? We can whip the devil, amen, take this city for Jesus Christ, amen, and do what we need to do, amen, and reaching those that are lost and bound, church. It takes unity. It takes work. It takes us coming together, but it has to be mixed with love. Let me tell you, that day in New York, love drove them. Love drove the sinner. <laughs> That's amazing. God used the sinner. Let me tell you, there are some sinners out there saving people. That's, not, that's, that's God inside of them. That is the love of God, amen, because when there's love, deep, because deep down inside of us, we all belong to God. Can somebody say amen? And when you see some urgency, it's the love inside of us, a seed, a prayer of a, of a grandma, a prayer of a mom or dad, something that someone was praying for you, all of a sudden that seed is activated. Maybe when you were growing up and you were going to Sunday school as a kid, and now you're doing your own thing, that seed, let me tell you, whatever is sold inside of you is not valid, but it will come back to life when it has to. Come on, somebody. Psalms 133.1 says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. Come on, we have to unite, church. The church must unite. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to stand up, amen, against the voices that are out there, amen. We need to be the voice of God. Come on, that is our banner for this year, to be the voice, amen. Uh, Calling in the desert, there's people going to hell, and we're not being the voice. Are we passing by the wounded sinner today? Come on, are we passing by those that say, well, they'll they'll figure it out? Are we showing compassion? Because that's what's needed in the world today, amen. Can I give you a little heavy revy? Did we forget that Jesus is coming back? (laughs) 
Jesus is coming back, church, and we can't live like he's coming back for X amount of years. Amen. We got to live like he's, he may come back this very moment. He might just be back tomorrow. Amen. We have to live and make sure that we are living right. Come on, somebody. And we have to be doing our job, amen, and, and continue to be driven by love, amen. It's, it's love that brings us here, church. This is how we can grow strong as a church, amen, by working in unity. And when we do church, let me tell you, miracles take place and lives are changed. Come on. Come on. Some, some of you here today, you're a, you're a miracle. Come on, you should have been dead, gone, amen, but someone, uh, come on, took pity on you. Uh, someone came to share God about you, uh, to tell you, you know what, Jesus loves you, amen, and that saved your life. In the story of the Good Samaritan, while the priest and Levite walked around, the Good Samaritan was the one that took pity on the one that was in need. The one that was despised by the world. The one that, that was just rejected by society. This is what the Samaritan people were. They were a mixed breed. But yet it was that one that God used to save. This good Samaritan was driven by love. See, God's family works best when its members work together. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12 says this. It says, two are better than one. For one can help the other succeed, but if a person falls and the other can reach out and help, but when a person falls alone, that guy's in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying together can keep each other warm, but how can one keep warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Ephesians chapter 4, 13 to 16, NIV says this, until we all, somebody say all, all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed in back forth by the waves and blown here and there by every, every uh, deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will all grow to become the very respect, very, uh, 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 the very mature person, amen, in him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined together, held by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. Power of unity, church, saves lives. Though these attacks... And through these attacks brought change to America. Our security system has changed, making air travel a little safer. Though we may complain in the lines and airports, amen, and complain it takes too long, it still saves lives. But lives had to pay the price for that change to come. Lives of 9-11 paid that price. And for that, lives are getting saved. Jesus paid the ultimate price. He shed his blood for change to come, church. That change brought lives. That change saved lives. Come on, somebody. Come on. We were lost and bound, amen. We were the wounded on the side of the road that nobody paid attention to. But Jesus took his time to reach out to you. 
Most of us were in our miry pit, amen, tied up, bound up, drug and alcohol, whatever, whatever life you came from, amen. Uh, come on, we were lost and bound. We're on our way to hell, amen. And he came by and took pity uh, and he looked in the garbage where our lives were, church, uh, and reached out and grabbed us and said, you know what? Uh, you're not, you're not, you're still usable, amen. Uh, your life's not finished, amen. Uh, and he cleans us up and said, you know what? Uh, I can turn your life around, amen. I can put your marriage back together. I can heal you. Because there's power in unity. That's what Christ did for us. Amen. He came and brought change. We were living one way, cleans us up. We thought, man, there's no way that I can change. There's no way that God can use this person. But God is a miracle working God. God turns what seems impossible to the world and makes it possible. God fixes lives and changes them. I've seen miracles in this place. I'm a miracle. I'm a walking miracle, guys, because of the change of Jesus Christ that he's done in my life. You're a walking miracle. Come on, his blood cleanses. His blood removes the past, throws your sin away, makes it white as snow. Come on, somebody. Throws as far as the east is from the west, amen. He says, I remember it no more. And he doesn't remind you again when you fall but simply forgives you again. And that's his mercy. That's his grace. Come on, somebody. What the church needs to cry out is for more mercy. God, have mercy on us. God, we, we need to repent every single day. We need to crucify this flesh every single day because the flesh is in battle. Let me tell you, there's a war going on in your soul right now. You may not feel it, amen. You may just think that this is life, amen. You live, you die. No, no, there's a battle for your soul. And that's why you feel the tug. And some of you guys right now are sitting here like, what's going on? What's, why am I feeling this in here? That's God trying to reach you. That's God trying to say, I love you, amen. I want to do some change in your life. But he loves us. He loves you. You would not be here today if he didn't. Let me tell you, you weren't invited by a person. You were invited by God himself. God brought you here to say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I have not forgotten about you. You may be tied up. You can be prideful. You can say whatever it is. Amen. But let me tell you, there's a devil and there's God. And that's it. That's what's fighting for your soul right now. And right now there's a war going out, amen, because he knows his time is short. And he's trying to grab as many as he can. And we as a church cannot be the Levite and the priest that walks around while the church or the world is wounded. We got to show compassion. Don't smile and say, I got my ticket. <laughs> that's, not, that's not God. God has compassion there. You'll reach out, even though it causes you to maybe risk your life. Come on, we got churches in Iraq risking their lives. Why? Because the one matters. They're, they're, they're not a Levi. They're not, they're not, we're the good Samaritan. We are the mixed breeds that God is using to reach out. And we need to simply say, you know what? My life does not belong to myself, amen. It belongs to God. I should have been dead, so I'm going to use my life while I'm alive and reach out for the one. 
He paid the ultimate price for lives to get saved. And so as we remember and honor those of 9-11, their families that are still alive today, let's remember and honor Jesus Christ. Let's remember and honor our missionaries. They should be honored. That they're risking their lives. They left the comfort of home. They left the comfort of what you have to go to the unknown for lives. Keep them always in prayer. We honor them. We honor them as they come in. They should be honored. Amen. Uh, come on. Uh, in Romania, we had our, our, our pastors here, Nixon and Alina. Honor those. Honor those that risk their lives. Let's remember the cross of Calvary. See, today, we honor the victims and the families. I don't know if you know that just right outside Pentagon, benches and trees were placed where people can sit and remember. In Shanksville, Pennsylvania, there's trees where, where the plane crashed. And each tree has wind chimes with the names of the victims. And so when the wind blows and the chime makes their noise, it's remembering them. I've been in New York at ground zero. My wife and I have experienced what was there, amen, and what we see, uh, the outline uh, of those where the buildings collapsed, amen, where the towers once stood, amen, is placed there with a waterfall. And around the railing of each of those towers uh, that were once standing there where the waterfalls now stand are all the names of all the victims. There's a lot of benches, a lot of sounds of water falling that brings a remembrance of those. You know, as you're approaching ground zero or you're approaching where the, where the towers once stood, as you're walking towards you, you hear the water. And it, it, I don't know about you, but it brought tears to us. Like if it was God crying for the souls of those. I remember we went there, and there was nothing here. It just happened, and we were there in New York, amen. And we walked past the, the fire, and it, man, the, it, it just hits you. But New York came together that day. Why? Because God was right there. Where was God? Right there. You can still feel it today. These trees represent life. And the final resting place of the victims and the families. As we close today, let's remember 9-11. You know, we, we go through a year and it hasn't happened and we're waiting for the 20-year for the anniversary or whatever it is, but we should celebrate them every year and take honor and remember them every, all, every time. We got, we got a memorial that we're going to be doing next month for the victims here in Las Vegas. We cannot forget because let me tell you, God showed up that day. Our city came together. I'm so proud of our city, amen, and how they responded in the same way how New York responded. We here in Las Vegas responded in the same manner. God showed up in the midst of disaster, brought our city into unity. Not only now it's Vegas strong, but we're God strong, Hallelujah. This is who we are, amen. We turn around these things, and though we remember those that died, amen, and those are families that have lost loved ones, amen, we're here to honor those of 9-11.
See, as America raises its flag of freedom, we raise up a bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ, which brings the ultimate freedom, church. Come on. The ultimate freedom of what we have, church. Let's remember them. Let's remember them. Disaster is going to come, church. The Bible says that the last days you're going to hear of terrible things. We see it with our, our young generation, amen, rebelling. Gen- generation that don't want God. What happened? See, God already saw this happening with our young generation. You know, how, how it is so hard to reach them. Why? Because the church failed. We're the blame, church. We got so busy with us and our ministries and everything else that we forgot a generation. And now you go try to reach them. They don't want nothing to do with God. They don't want God. Now they're in a new breed and they're thinking there is no God. Or the God is, they create their own God or whatever it is. And they, the truth is not there no more. can't let that happen, church. They're going to hell. They're going to hell, and, and we're sitting here thinking someone will get them. Well, we make a difference now. See, we're, we're that flight of 93, church. And the terrorists, the enemy is coming to our homes. And we can either stay there and let them do what they intended them to do and, and then hit their target, or we can rise up and we can do something about it. And we can be working together to save our children, save those generations that are lost, or go back to that wounded sinner, amen, that's out in the road that we forgot about, and get back on our knees like God says, and my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And repent and turn from their wicked ways, I can heal their land. Before we do anything, church, we as a church need to repent. Because we're letting lives go. Come on, we're here to save lives. When me and my wife came to Las Vegas, we're not here to shut down Vegas. (laughs) I'm going to go shut down the casino. Shut down, it'd be great, (laughs) but that's not going to happen. Come on. Not a casino down. Why? PCLV, shut them down. Yeah. We're bad. Hallelujah. Another church on the, on the strip. Amen. Woo. It's not going to happen, church. But we are all called firefighters and we're rescue teams. We're going into those buildings, amen, and rescuing them and bringing them back out, amen. We go after the one church. Come on, sometimes it's multiple, amen. If we can all work together, we can all win somebody. We're here to reach the one. Come on, just because we're here, the devil's not going to leave. Oh, they're here, let's go. (laughs) They're going to get, let me tell you, the devil's making strategies. 
having meetings, how can we take this family out? How can we take that sister out? How can we just get them so, so, so confused and so worried, amen? Because he knows if you can grab a hold of it, oh, you'll become his worst nightmare. Come on, we need men to wake up, amen, rise up and say, you know what, I want to be a soldier. We got to be like that Marine and say, you know what, we're at war, amen. I need to go out there, amen. I need to win some souls for Jesus Christ, amen. Some of you guys need to put your uniform back on. Well... Come on, you've been, you've been leaving that, that hanging in that closet, amen, that, that, that uniform of discipleship, that uniform, amen. Some of you guys haven't even opened your Bible so long. I'm here when I come to give you the word of God, and we're wondering why we're crippled and we're going through troubles. Pastor, I'm going through a battle. Have you prayed? That's the first thing I ask anybody. They're going, have you? Nope. It's usually nope. Have, have you prayed? Nope. Have you read? Nope. Have you, have you stopped giving? Yep. Boom. There's your, that's your problem. Go do those three things and come back. Then we'll talk. Amen. Because right now you're not doing your job. Amen. You want me to come fix it up. You want me to put your life. I'm not here to do that. We're here to reach souls. I'm here to disciple you how you can fight alone. And then knowing that God is always has your back, amen. Because when disaster comes, guess what? He shows up. Some of you guys forgot how to call out Jesus. We call out Lupe. <laughs> Not my wife. <laughs> But we call out on the world. You call out to your friends, your coworkers. They're not even saved, amen, for advice. Come on, you talk to somebody, amen, that's been divorced three times, amen, asking him, how can you help, can you help me fix my marriage? No, we can't. That boy's jacked up. Some of you guys just forgot, just open the word of God and tell God, I need you to speak to me, Lord. Let your word come and come on, search. We become a lazy generation. When you Google, yeah. Google, amen. Google has good things, man, but some of it's devil stuff, Amen. They'll mix it in there, amen. Let me tell you, I'll Google some stuff, but you know what? I, I got to cross-reference some stuff, amen. Who's this guy Googling here? <laughs> who, who put this stuff in there? I got to check it out for myself. You can't just go, well, Google said. Google said it's all right. <laughs> it was on Facebook. <laughs> some of you guys are crying out, amen, uh, to the world, to society on Facebook, saying this, amen. Don't let me get started on Facebook right now. Instead of calling your brothers and sisters, calling, instead of calling the church, calling the elders, amen. This is who we need to call. For some of us, we simply need to confess. Come on. James 5, 16 says, if you confess to each other, come on. Confess, I can heal you. Confess. Therefore, confess. 
Say, I'm going through a struggle. I'm going through this. He'll bring healing. That's what the altar is always here for. Let me tell you, the altar will never go away from this church. Though it's gone away from the church. They have no altar calls. They have no nothing. They give no person a place of reference. They just bring a message and say goodbye instead of saying, man, where's the altar call? Where's the, where's, where's, where's the call for salvation? Where's the call for the people of God to get right? We need to go back to the altar. Hallelujah. Baldwin Park had a powerful conference, back to the altar. We as a church need to get hit the, the altar again. You complain about problems. You complain about this. We're just like the children of Israel. We can murmur and complain, yet we forget all that God has done for us. Everybody forgets the Red Sea in your life, the turning point. And God, we, God's not there no more. Or you simply just don't call on him no more. You've been so distanced that you don't even know his voice no more. That the enemy comes disguised and you think it's God. See, there has to be an intimacy. There has to be back to the altar, back to the, you know what, I don't know about you, but back in the day, and we still do today, when we hit troubles, we got on our knees. And if we needed to fast, oh, don't say fast. No, if we needed to fast, hallelujah, we fasted. <laughs> Some of you guys, I didn't hear fast, amen. <laughs> I'll pray and eat a burrito, amen, hallelujah. No. <laughs> I can see you guys, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You know, for some of you guys, you gotta, we got to go back to fasting. It's old school stuff that still works. But no one wants to sacrifice. It's too hard. My knees hurt. You know what, I used to worship God, go crazy, but you know what, my makeup runs. You know, I don't want to wrinkle my dress. My pants. Who cares? We didn't come to see you. <laughs> we came to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. We, we, that's who we came to see. And if we're still trying to impress, amen, there's, there, you, there's still something inside you you need to get rid of. Because if you're thinking like that, you'll never think of others. We need to start putting... Our lives are not belong to us, church. That we know what I, I'm here for others. Me and my wife came for others. I laid my plans aside. I laid my dreams aside. I laid everything aside. We say, God, what is it that you want me to do? And God's looking for the same people to say, you know what? I laid down my life. How about you lay down yours for me? Because I want to use you. Me? Yes, you. God wants to use you. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We need help. Jesus is calling for your help. You can make a difference. We can all make a difference. When we come together and work in unity, it brings a difference. This is what we're here for. It's not just to have church and, ooh, Jersey Sunday, yeah, the church is cool. We're not here to be cool. We're here to be effective. We're here to just love God. You know, I'm, here for, I'm just here to do what he told me to do. And God, I, I remember the words of my pastor when she sent us out. Come on. 
He says, Art, don't, when you go to Vegas, don't try to impress him. Don't, 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 don't make it a show. <laughs> Just love people. And there's times that I've wandered away from that loving people because of the frustration of ministry at times. That always reminds me, hey, boy, you forgot to love today. Oh, my God. Them? Yeah. <laughs> I'm being honest. God had, to, God had to change my heart. Because it was my heart that drove me out here. It was my love for you folks that I had never met that drove me out here. It was a love for God and people. We, get, we can start to complain this and that. And I said, God has to remind me. Forget, don't forget, love people. I think it's the Holy Spirit and what he does, man, and how he gets a hold of me at times. I'm like, ah, oh. sometimes he uses it through my wife. When it comes through my wife, man, it, man I get angry. And I say, you're right. <laughs> Kiki? <laughs> but he'll use others. Listen. He'll use even a sinner to remind you of your call. If you use a donkey, he'll use anyone, church, to remind you where you need to be. So I'm, I'm so thankful for his, for his mercy and grace. Aren't you? Because let me tell you, none of us deserve this. But he's so merciful. His mercy is way beyond our understanding. And you know what? He took pity on us and saved us. And the righteous thing, the good thing to do is to return that back. God is looking for holiness in the church today. He says, be holy for I am holy. That means we have to change. We're wondering why we're not advancing. We're wondering why things are not going in life, right in our lives. is because we have not allowed change to come. There has to be a change, church. You can't just be walking the same way. For some of us even dressing the same way. There has to be a change. Our attitude, our walk. It's, it, you can tell by a person who's saved and who's not really. If you really have the, that, if you're really intact in God, we've we got to bring change. A lot of our personalities and attitudes, we've got to change them. God reminds me because I'll start to change. And he'll point those things out. Yep, yep, yep. You're right, God. We've got to win the world. And that means everybody, not just the ones you like, not just the pretty people, <laughs> all people, because we're all pretty to God. Because God looks at what? The heart. Let's just be who we need to be, because the way we can win them over is with kindness. Sometimes you don't need to preach to people, just show them. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Show your kindness and love. You'll win them over. Don't beat yourself up. That they're not, just show them love. Care about them. Hear their story. Where are you from? What, what, what's going on? I'm atheist. That's, that's okay. What, what's your story? Why? Talk, talk to me about it. I'm Muslim. Cool. Well, sure, sure, you're, sure, sure that. Why? Why you? you no, know, well, tell me why you, you chose that. Get to know them. See, 9-11 brought terrorists 
part of Mark towards some, a group, but they're not all the same, church. And we can still reach those. But there's a fear in the church not to reach them. That's why we're in Germany trying to reach Muslims. Out of fear to go in the love of God. Amen. Because if you go in love, fear has to go. You have the love of God and you fear leaves. Amen. We're here to reach every people group. Not just the Latinos or your whatever group you're, you're thinking of. Amen. Or the groups you like. They're cool. They can come. We're here to reach everyone for Christ. Can somebody say amen? There is power in unity. There's power in you. Why don't we all stand up?